We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. It's pretty clear, isn't it? 1 Timothy 5, 17-18. Pastors who do their work well should be paid well and should be highly appreciated. Especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, same things, he's quoting the same law, never tire of the mouth of an ox when he is straightening out the grain. Let him eat as he goes along. In another place, those who work deserve their pay. Are we still here? Is the word of God true? Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true. And let every man be a liar. Now you, you, you hear, I wonder if any of you heard Paul's heavy heart in 1 Corinthians 9. And as I'm saying that, my heart is racing because there's a lot of times that we, we as pastors, whose heart are for the people, let me, let me put it this way. For me, my heart is to make the work as simple as possible with as little force as possible. So if it takes just me to do it, I'll do it. That's my commitment to God. Because it's a, it's a mandate. You hear Paul arguing that even if nobody else thinks I'm anointed, you people here, I've exercised my, my mandate over your lives. Right? If anybody else will say, I'm not a man of God, you people, you, Corinth. And you understand, I'm sure you know by now if you're in this house. You understand why Paul is emphasizing that Corinthians should know that he's a man of God over them. Because of all that he had put up with them over the years. Don't we have a right to do that? But like the message says, we have waived that so that you, you just don't rub it in our faces. But then the danger is you make that a standard and you begin to muscle servants of God. Don't muscle the ox that plows the land. I explained that to you last week. Right? And then he says, is it, is it oxen that God was concerned about? No, it's not. Now you see in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul champions or Paul showcases his self-sufficiency. He shows them I'm working for others. I'm doing a secular job to maintain myself because you guys don't know what it takes to look, over, look after me. He wasn't saying that pastors should work secular jobs to survive. Do you understand? He was saying it to their indictment that he had to work. He was saying it to their shame. So imagine that Paul leaves where he was and comes to a city, and that's what they used to do on their three missionary journeys. The first thing that they will do is set up shop because Paul was a tent maker. They will set up shop and announce that their business is in town 
and they will start to do business to enable themselves to have shelter and food to teach the gospel. And that's what we do as New Testament preachers. That's why you're in my house. That's why I have a house. Does that make sense? That's why I do a business. That's why I will go and preach in a church this week and next month I'm back in the same church to install their lighting. Do you understand? And I get it, God bless you for preaching, but I get paid for doing your lighting. And that's why people look at you and like, ah, man, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing lighting, we're doing sound, we're, we're working. So that we are self-sufficient, but that is to the indictment, into the detriment, to the shame of the church. If you tie that with Philippians 4 where he says that I've received from you, I'm supplied, and it is an offering. That is pleasing to God. It means in the absence of that welfare, that offering is not there to speak. Does that make sense? And that's an indictment to the church. Now, we, we, we go crazy and then we begin to draw um, um, extremes and we begin to talk about... You, you hear Paul saying that if you have done it to others, how much more us that deserve the right? There's people that bastardize the gospel. We know that. Paul says some people preach the gospel for their belly. That means for some people, depending on how you preach the gospel, there's money to be made. And we know the tricks. It's very easy. Money gospel is very easy. Very easy. You know the trick. And so he says, well, all all that matters to me is that either way, Christ is preached. And so we we church, now we now, like I said last week or two weeks ago, we now secularize it. Oh, pastors have, have, have abused this authority. They have abused this right. That's what Paul argues in the whole of 1 Corinthians 9. So a responsible church that practices the honor code is a church that takes absolute care of its leaders. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, like Paul says to the Corinthian church, bless you. You do it, great. You don't do it, great. But there's offerings that are speaking for some people that are not speaking for some other people. Does that make sense? So there's a speed of supply some people enjoy, as we see in Philippians 4, on account of that offering that others don't enjoy. Hello? Are we together? Is it, are we interpreting this correctly? Yeah, it's in your Bible, right? It's in front of you. Now, we will do what we need to do, and God looks after us, like you see in the, in, in, in the stories of the, of the apostles. He looks after us in very, very interesting ways. He just day to day to day to day, he looks after us. And we will not do pastor's appreciation Sunday. Because it's fraud. If you, if you understand the honor code, you don't need a prompting to give. I keep saying it all the time. So there's a full house here, but not every, half of you here are not what abiding house members. And it's not funny. Half of you in this room. I'm, I'm not talking about the visitors. Yeah? I'm talking about regular, those of you who are here, pav, morning, pav, afternoon, pastor, daddy, father, regular. Half of you are not your pastor. Because if you're part of a house, you are part of the house Absolutely. Am I making sense? Absolutely. We will not have to look for you. 
We don't follow you up if you're a believer. You follow up the work if you're a believer. Because only the Spirit can do what the Spirit can do. I repeat, only the Spirit can do what the Spirit can do. Follow you up all you want. Because if, if we're determined to obey the Word of God, is what we'll do even if it kills us. Because once we're a word-abiding people, there's nothing that we conceive that we cannot achieve. Nothing. 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 I got some money yesterday, like 2 a.m. or 2.30 a.m. James, you bear you witness. By 3.30 a.m., the money was gone. <laughs> Text him. We're not sleeping. Take pay the electrical guys. Pay them some of this money. Victoria knows what I'm talking about. Esther knows what I'm talking about. Pay this one for the building work. Divert this one towards the wood. Nelson knows what I'm talking about. Convert it. And then James was now asking me, so pastor, how about you? I said, the Lord looks after me. You now come to our church. Our church, what about the house? Kingdom culture, Christ on display. Where is he being displayed? On your WhatsApp status. Because that's where he ends. That's where he ends. Not only are you supposed to be responsible for the work, you're supposed to be responsible for the worker. The truth of the matter is, I should not be worrying for what to eat. Because you are sat here, you're not worrying for what to eat. I'm feeding you. I feed you here. I feed you on Monday. I feed you in your personal ministrations. You remember? I feed you on WhatsApp. Feed you in counseling. I, we, we're standing, we're talking. We're sharing. You're not struggling. You're not looking for food. So I shouldn't look for food. Blessed be God who doesn't let us go without supply. But it's people that he uses. I was telling, was it favor? I was speaking with you the other day and I said, by now in what abiding house, nobody should be telling you that on a Tuesday you should think about an offering. It's a shame on you if you are in this house, you're a believer, and you're not thinking about an offering. You're not thinking about it. It doesn't cross your mind. Somehow they'll look after themselves. Somehow the gen will always be on. Somehow we have never been in the dark in word and life. If you know the dramas of generators we have gone through from the former house. And it doesn't cross anybody's mind to make a habit of supply. Because supply is a habit. It's not just one practice. And if you're not faithful with your 50 naira, trust me, you would never get 50 grand. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? If you're waiting for time to serve God, you will never have enough time. If you're waiting for a season to pass, you will keep having seasons. If you're waiting for a struggle, struggle will be multiplying with struggle. If you're waiting for a job, a contract, you will be chasing contract. But there's something about what Jesus said that to him that is faithful with little, more is added. To him that is not faithful, Jesus says, even the little he has. Even the little he has. But it's the honor code. That's what, that's what the faith is about. Hello? So the church is responsible for the work of the church. The church is responsible for the workers. Of the work is the honor code. You can't say you honor if you don't take responsibility for. Write that down. You can't say you honor 
you don't take responsibility for the object of your honor. You can't say you honor if you don't take responsibility, I dare add, full responsibility for the object of your honor. You can't say you honor if you don't take full responsibility for the object of your honor. Paul tells them in Philippians 4, it's not that I require anything of you. You remember that? But just that fruit may abound to your increase. So again, and this is very dicey, but again, Paul links fruit abounding to their increase to their giving. Philippians 4, let's look at it. Because you know how sometimes we have, we have, there are some areas of the New Testament that we have deliberately turned into Old Testament so that we don't have to deal with it. But do you understand what I just said? New Testament, you know the expectations in the New Testament are greater than those of the Old? You know that grace is a stronger requirement than law? <laughs> so in order to keep the whole hyper grace, sweet grace, juicy grace, tiku tiku grace, we take elements of the New Testament that are tough and we now make, unconsciously make them Old Testament to excuse ourselves from being responsible thereby. Look at it in your Bible, Philippians chapter 4. So in verse 10, he starts to speak about stuff. In New King James, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last, at last, eh? Your care for me has flourished again. Please pay attention to the tenses. Now at last means that we might not have a record of it, but Paul had always been trying to get them back to the point of caring for him. Man, you see why I say the word of God takes time? Because I'm, I, I can skip this and continue, but if I had my way, I want to stay here and, and expand. You get it? I want to expand this. But I'm already feeling the pressure of time. But it says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now, which means there was a before now that their care was not flourishing. Right? But your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. He's trying to make them nice. You know, believing the best because love believes the best in all things, right? Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Again, I've explained to you that that's the context of verse 13. I can do all things. Right? Through Christ who strengthens me. I've explained that, right? You can't just quote Philippians 4.13. Like that Paul was talking about need and the fact that he can afford to go hungry and he can afford to be full. He can do all things. 14. Nevertheless, you have done well. That you have shared in my distress. Now you Philippians also know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. 17. Very crucial. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So there's something about the gift the church gives its leader that translates to fruits to their account. Mm, wow. 
Is it in your Bible? Yes. Not that I require the gift. But what I'm interested in is the opportunity of fruit that this gift releases you to have. So there is fruit that you are bound in that is linked to a need that you supply. There's fruit that you can only abound in based on a need that you have supplied. And not every need supplied has fruit attached to it. Man. Because you know how the Bible says, he that lends gives to the poor, lends to the Lord. That means the Lord owes you when you give to the poor. There's a fruit. Not, <laughs> we'll talk giving another day. Not every gift has fruit attached. Are you following me? So it says, not, like, not that I require a gift, substance, payment, but what I require is that fruit will abound to your account. So there's something about you meeting my need that multiplies into fruit abounding to your account. 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. He qualifies them. Sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply. Do you see the connection? Not that I require fruit to need the gift, but I require the fruit to abound. So, so the dangers are that if a pastor successfully becomes self-sufficient, he has stifled his church, his flock of setting fruit. That is where I have a concern. I do not have a concern surviving. Is anybody here what I'm saying? No, I don't have a problem surviving. But I have a problem with a church that is dwarf in its ability to draw fruit. Because there are things of the spirit that they should engage in that they have successfully refused to engage in. Therefore, they cannot abound in particular fruit. Does that make sense? So, the only person that is hurt by the absence of giving is the person that has refused to give. I repeat, the only person that is adversely or negatively affected by not giving, is the person who did not give. Because every need gets met. The question, is, the question is, through whom? But every need gets met. Every need gets met. Every need gets met. The question is, through whom it gets met? So the only person that is hurting, the only person that is disadvantaged, the only person that is without fruit, really, is the person who has not cultivated the habit of giving the gift. There is he that withholdeth what is meat and tendeth to poverty. There is he that scattereth abroad and prospereth. There is a link, a link between giving in this context and fruit. Galatians 6 also talks about that, that same link. When he says that he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. 
So it's honor, but it's honor with benefits. <laughs> it's honor, but honor with benefits. Fringe, if you like. It's honor with benefits. So we take responsibility for our pastors. We don't wait for them to ask, like Paul says in the message translation of 1 Corinthians 9. We're there. We serve. We make sure that there is no need that we cannot feel. That's why I always laugh when people say to me, how are you doing, pal? I say, I'm good. Have you eaten? No, I haven't eaten. It is well. Have you eaten? Yes, I've eaten. It is well. I've not started. Because you, you, you could not be interrogating me if, if I've eaten. If you want me to eat, I will eat. And it's not a joke. Don't make it a joke now. Don't make it a joke. Because like I said, you know how liberty can become license for nonsense. Yeah? There's time for everything. Don't make it a joke. So if you want, you want me to eat, I'll eat. You check in. Ah, you're just checking up on you. Just, have you eaten? There's only probably two or three people in my life that when they say, have you eaten, I know that they mean business. Oh, oh Pastor, if you, need, if you need anything, don't hesitate to let me know. You wait until the fat lady sings. I will not come and, I won't tell you. It's not my place to tell you. And someone is looking at me because a fat lady sings. I mean, it's an English idiomatic expression. Again, if you knew English, you would know that. <laughs> so just don't say anything. Don't take it personal. It's a figure of speech. And like we said, when we started the meeting, when there's a prompting, there's a movement. So some of you, sometimes you can ignore the movement because it's small. Somebody sent me, was it 200 naira airtime the other day? Not too long ago. And she said, oh, I know it's small, but please manage it. And there was 47 naira on my phone. It's 47 naira. And then 200 naira. Sometimes you think, oh, it's so little. You can't do much. But all God is trying to do is to get fruit to abound to your account. So giving ends up inevitably being about you, the giver. It goes round and comes back to being about you. So there's something about your situation that will not change until you master the art of giving. That is also not to say that your money is a seed. Oh, I wish I had time more. Until because your money is not a seed. You <laughs> your money is not what you sow to get. <laughs> oh my days. But in giving, fruit that abounds to you from the finished work of Christ is activated. It's not activated by your giving. <laughs> your money is not a seed. So the fruit that comes doesn't come from the seed of money you sowed. Who is the seed from whom we are from? I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time. That seed is one. And that seed is Christ. Two times the word seed is used 
is a reference to Christ and the Word. And the Word, by the way, is Christ. So the only reference to seed in the New Testament is Christ. So when you, so when you think seed, think Christ. Are you following me? So you cannot sow money as seed. It's blasphemy. You cannot sow service as seed. It's blasphemy. You, 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 you cannot sow works as seed. It's blasphemy. It's not seeds as of many, but seed, Galatians 4. And that seed is Christ. Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Who was he talking about falling to the ground and dying? Himself. If I, the son of man, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. I, I've explained to you this has not lifted up as in lift up the bomb of Jesus, but crucified. Because he makes it clear. He says, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so also the son of man ought to be lifted up. Lifted up was being nailed to the cross on the floor, on the ground, and being lifted up to draw men. Does that make sense? It was fitting for him. Hebrews 2.10, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of his salvation perfect through suffering. Who is the seed? Christ. When God promised Abraham that in your seed shall the nations of the earth be blessed, it wasn't referring to Isaac. It wasn't referring to offspring. It was referring to in Christ that will come through this covenant I'm cutting with you now. The earth shall be blessed. That's why who is the blessing? Christ. Ephesians 1.3, now blessed be God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who has now blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He is the seed and therefore he is the blessing. And we are heirs of Abraham according to the promise. Who is the promise? Christ, the seed that was to come, that is now come. That John says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He is the promise. He is the seed. He is the blessing. There's no other seed. He is the foundation. No other foundation is that that is laid other than that which is laid, which is Christ. You see, it all boils down to Christ. Don't confuse it. Don't confuse it. So you're not, you're not getting money because you sold money. Do you understand? But as you give your money, you are activating, you are connecting with the fruit that the seed sown, now risen and glorified, is producing to your account. Do you understand? It's not that you sold money and you got money. It's that you sold money in belief that a seed has been sold. And there's now fruit abounding to your account. And by this act of obedience, remember? Incubating the breakthrough. I appropriate the fruit that is mine to enjoy. Do you understand? It's not so money to reap, to reap money. That's where the prosperity preachers have twisted it. And say, if you want to get a hundredfold miracle... Drop 100 naira. No. But in your total obedience to God's word and in your giving, you activate what is yours. That was yours without your giving. What was yours that did not need your giving to be made yours? But in your obedience, you step into it. So it's, it's not about your giving. It's about what your giving conditioned you to do. So the act was the obedience, not the seed. The act is the obedience, not the money. Is anybody following what I'm saying? The act is the obedience, not the service. 
But of a necessity, something must be done to enable you respond to God's word. And sometimes that thing that you, you ought to do to respond to God's word is to give. Sometimes it's to sing. Sometimes, like last Monday, it's to laugh. So it's, it's, it, it doesn't make laughter an ingredient for the miraculous. Do you understand this thing? But in laughter, you are able to exercise reckless obedience that triggers what is yours in Christ. Because whatever you will have, you only have in Christ. Do you understand this thing? Are you sure you understand? So don't get it twisted. When we're giving, we're giving wholeheartedly. That's why Paul says, let every man give as he has proposed in his heart. Give cheerfully. Give abundantly. He who has been forgiven much loves much. Right? He who loves much gives much. Make sense? Gives much. That's the honor code. So we are appropriating what Christ has made available to us by our act of obedience. By our act of selfless service. I have to round this up so we can close. The last uh, um, honor code way to, to practice honor code in honoring your pastors is in prayer. You cannot be said to walk in honor in the absence of prayer. There are pretty much two times Paul is either praying for them, for them to know, right? Or is requesting for them to pray for him. 2 Corinthians 1.11 Colossians 4.3 1 Thessalonians 5.25 2 Thessalonians 3.1 Paul, in all these scriptures, is asking the churches to pray for him. 2 Corinthians 1.11 Colossians 4.3 Colossians 4.3 First Thessalonians 5.25 2 Thessalonians 3.1 Thankfully, by the Spirit of God, we started the meeting by talking about prayer. Pray for us, Paul says. Pray for me. Pray that the world will prosper. Pray that God will prosper our way. Pray. He's always solid. The only thing he was asking them to do was to pray. Always. So you cannot be said to honor your pastors if you don't spend time praying for them. You can hug me all you want, but nothing is more valuable than your prayer deposit over me. At the end of the day, my efficacy in ministry in your life is a result of your prayer deposit over me. Do you understand? Paul was always telling them to pray. Pray. Pray for him. So ministerial efficacy of your pastor is proportional to your prayer deposit over him. You know, I can, I can pray and pray and pray and come and minister. Or you can pray and I come and minister and there's results. You see why I said the word of God takes time? Tell a neighbor, pray for pastor. Yeah, pray, 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 pray. You have learned now how to listen to promptings, right? Yeah, just, you get the promptings, just pray. Pray in the spirit for five minutes, ten minutes. Pray. If there's a word, speak it. Pray. Lastly, Honor code in, in growth, availability, 
discipline. Outward show of loyalty and positive feedback. Honor code to your pastors is shown in growth, in availability, in discipline, in outward show of loyalty, and in positive feedback. First Thessalonians 3, 6, and 7. You also make the ministry easy when you grow. <laughs> First Thessalonians 3, 6, and 7. Second Corinthians 8, verse 7. You make the work easy when you give. You make the work easy when you take responsibility. You make the work easy when you grow. I've said over and over that the result of all this teaching is that we have people that are growing up into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Right? So that we have a multiplicity of gifts. The New Testament church was, it was never centered around one person. Yeah? Paul made sure he killed that. I, I, some say I'm of Paul. Some say I'm of Apollos. Some say I'm of Cephas. He said, what is that? So all of us are growing into it. Second Thessalonians 3, 1 Thessalonians rather, 3, 6, and 7. In growth, in availability, in discipline, in outward show of loyalty, and in positive feedback. Have you got it now? Growth, availability, discipline, outward show of loyalty, and positive feedback. The fastest way to take notes is to grab it with your mind and then translate it. Your pen is not fast enough. That's for free. You're taking notes, hear it in your heart, hear it in your head. And then it's like your, your head becomes a, a, a small ram. Yeah? Just catches it and then translate it. So train your mind to do that. So you can listen to a whole sentence and grasp the sentence and then write it out. Don't try to write out just as you're hearing. It never works. You have to listen over and over and over again. But try and sponge it in little catches. You know how you have a catchy? C-A-C-H-E. Just catch it in your mind. One sentence. Play it out. Play it out. Write it. Release it. Free your mind to catch the next sentence. Otherwise, you'll be trying to write one sentence. We have moved on to the eighth and ninth sentence. And you keep wanting, what do you say? What do you say? Outward, okay. Show. And show. Of loyalty. Of loyalty. And positive. And meanwhile, we have left you <laughs> since. So that was for free. Stick around. I always say you'll grow. Yeah, because we're raising complete believers. Believers that will write exam and they will detain you because you killed the exam as if you were the one that set it. Do you understand? That's what we're raising here in this house. Amen? So uh, I'll start from positive feedback. God is doing great things in, in, in this house. You know? But we don't even hear the half of it. And nothing encourages a minister more than to hear, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, the result of his labor over you. Nothing. For you just come back and say, you know what? You know how they went, Jesus sent them out in twos, and they came back rejoicing. So even demons were subject to us in your name. Positive feedback is powerful. That we, you come back and you, you deploy the work the word, and it worked. Don't be, it's pride if you keep it to yourself. Hello? Hello? Don't you, don't you think so? It's pride. It doesn't help us. We don't get to know that the word has worked in your own individual circumstance. Share. 
share with the house. At least share with me. Because the word was as released through me. So I think as Paul says, I have a right and I deserve to hear the feedback of what God is using our ministry to do in your life. Don't you, don't you think so? The scripture. So that helps. It shows you honor. I mean, it shows you honor. Uh, you, you said this thing. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I tried it. I put it to use. I, and it worked. We don't know how to give feedback as believers. Especially as black believers. We, we struggle with giving credit where it is due. Have you noticed? We just want to look, look good and look like it's working. Look like we have it together. We don't want to give credit. We don't want to say, I learned this from this person. We don't want to. So you honor by positive feedback. You come and let us know that it's working in your life. Is that all right? Outward show of loyalty. You, you, you stand and you defend who you believe in. Because loyalty is a rare commodity in our, in our dispensation. You show outward show of loyalty. You're, 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 stuck, you're stuck with this person. That's outward show of loyalty. Not the one you come into the office and say, Pastor, we are with you. <laughs> I'm with you. And then when you go outside there, you hear them talking, like, ah, me too. I'm just following them, Judge Elio. I'm just there. It's, it's the worship that's nice. Yeah? I'm serious. Some of you are here. You're here. Oh, the worship is nice. They hug in that church. I know what I'm talking about. You can ah all you want. It's the truth. I'm serious. They hug freely in that church. They love, when you go there, it's very warm. And so we're teaching the word and it's not, it's not gaining access into you. If by now you don't realize that all of what we're doing is as a result of an outflow of this word, then you are Antichrist. We love because the word tells us to love. Do you understand? We hug because the Bible says to love one another. We haven't practiced holy kiss yet. We give because the word tells us to give. Does that make sense? If you come and enjoy the ambience of the gospel, enjoy the fellowship of the gospel, enjoy the benefits of the gospel without taking the gospel, you're Antichrist. Outward show of loyalty, you will stand and you defend, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm here for. This is what we believe. This is why I believe what we believe. Do you understand? If you need to open scripture, open scripture. Loyalty is a rare commodity in our dispensation. You switch allegiances very quickly. Very quickly. You can't defend what you believe. You can't defend who you believe in. You know, let it be said, Nicodemusly. He came by night. You are sneaking in. We post stuff on Facebook. You don't show up. You don't want people on Facebook to see that this is what you're eating. So you're cheating on us with them and cheating on them with us. I know people are at that part of this house. I know them. I know them. You're cheating on us with them, cheating on them with us. Somehow the days work for you, Monday and Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah, it works for you. Wednesday, you go your place. Friday, you go your place. Sunday morning, you go your place. It's working. Or so you think. So when they are preaching, you say, yes, preach, preacher, preach. Then when we come and speak Christ, you're like, ah, mm, mm. I'm serious. Yeah, Christ, mm, on display. Mm -hmm, mm, I can see. Mm. Outward show of loyalty. Discipline. Discipline. Learn discipline. Put a premium 
on what is God's, put a premium on what is mine. You come and you finish, you stick your gum under the chair. We clean it. Yeah. You draw your pens on the chairs because we bring it out. You treat stuff with, with levity. You flush and you leave the tissue in there. The next person should sort it out. Mess the place up. Discipline. And that's why it took us long to get this place. You, you come and his light switch is switched off. Nigerian. Christian. You plug your phone. You switch it on. Somehow, when you're ready to go, you cannot spend an extra half second when you unplug your phone to switch it off. You don't have the spirit of Christ. And every time I'm going after you guys, even here at the hub already, my wife was together the other day, we go around, turning off sockets as if you're in kindergarten. No discipline. You met it off, you plug your phone, you had the sense to turn it on. It served you, suddenly sense was absorbed of you, and the sense that you used to turn it on, the east wind blew it away. You don't have any sense left after charging your phone to turn that switch off. The switch blows when there's a power surge. You see you that will open your mouth and say, ah, what's happening in this place? The sockets are not working. You now leave it and look for the next one. That's why Nigeria is not ready for change until Nigeria is ready to be the change. They're not ready. We're running after you like little children. To turn off a light switch, turn off a bulb. You're leaving you. Turn it on. You finish, you leave it. Now, discipline is not fear around your pastor. Yeah. I'm sure you know, if you know me, you know that I, there's no atmosphere of fear around me. There's no fear in love, 1 John 4. 17, I believe. For, no, 14 or thereabout. For, first, for perfect love, cast out fear. Fear and love are mutually exclusive. Just like hope and shame are mutually exclusive. Availability and growth. And I finish this. Clap for me now. Where is it? Okay, it's too much. I'm not finished. Yeah. The honor code is also in, in availability and growth. Because, and you know, both of them are intertwined. If you make yourself available, you'll grow. As you grow, you make yourself available. They're intertwined. So, again, that's where proximity comes in. Me, I don't like to engage, Joe. I like to just look at pastors from a distance. You stay at a distance. Because growth is informed by proximity. Do you understand? Proximity. You want to be mentored. Come on, come. Come on, be mentored. Observe, follow. That's how they learned. Hello? Some things are taught. A lot more things are caught. Make yourself available. Grow. Practice the honor code. It's not a cliche. It's not a hashtag. It is the lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. It's the. There's no other life outside the honor code. Hello? And now I feel like going to part one and starting to teach it all over again. Right now. Because that's my heart. Once you grab the honor code, you have grabbed Christian living. 
till Jesus returns. Did you hear what I said? Christian living till Jesus returns. All you'll be doing for the rest of your life is just living out the honor code. You will not struggle with Christianity ever again. If you grabbed the honor code, these 11 parts that we've talked about. Just take 30 seconds and just pray in the spirit. Just pray it in. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.